You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. The fall sports season has arrived, and Midco SN has it covered with live college and high school football, volleyball, and soccer from around the region. Plus, the return of the area's best high school football show, Varsity Sports Live, on Friday nights at 10.30, and Midco Sports Tonight, daily at 6.30. Midco Sports Network, this is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. All right, welcome to episode number six of the Build Shaves podcast, taping this early on a Monday morning, 8 a.m., starting the week strong. David Polsky's got a strong, non-caffeinated, caffeinated beverage next to us, getting the day going. I'm Alex Hatter with Midco Sports Network. Bill Shaves, of course, director of athletics here at UND with us as well. Because it's his podcast. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this early in the morning. I, I've got a full day today, and uh, we we kind of made this uh, uh, slight variation uh, over the weekend. So I appreciate both you guys stepping up to the plate and doing this. Uh, you know, it's funny the rhythm of a week for uh, an athletic department. There's just a lot of things that go on during the weekend. So this is always a Monday mornings are always a little tricky. I mean, I think over the course of time, when I have our senior staff meetings and even all staff meetings, we make sure and do them on a Tuesday because there's just a lot of cleanup that needs to be done on a Monday. So you try, you try to stay away from, from Mondays because you can at least set up the week. Yeah. And especially this Monday, because again, most of the staff was on the road in, in Washington with the football team. Every it's 6 a.m. for most people here right now. Everybody's still adjusting from Pacific to Central time. But uh, a great experience, I think, for everybody involved that went out to Seattle. Talk about your Seattle experience, Bill. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, you know, you could go straight to the final score if you so choose. If that's where you want to go and live, you can live there. Um, and that's okay. People people tend to live where they want to live in life. And so uh, whether they want to go straight to the negative, they can go there. But if they want to go to the positive, you can say, you know, for, for had as a, as a final four team in, in the FBS. And so there's, there's different levels of FBS games that you play. And you never know until you actually play the game on that year because you schedule so far out that you don't know who you're going to get. And when you get like a top five team in the country, uh, that's a challenge. And I thought our guys did a really good job. Now, having said that, of course, you know, I, I think as the game wore on, if, uh, you know, if we could have found a way to get it, just a few more first downs and maybe kept the defense on, on the sideline a little bit, you know, we probably could have even gone deeper. But that's a pretty good outfit. And, you know, that that's secondary. And, and not to just, you know, keep going forward on this, but that secondary just felt like they were going downhill the whole time and they were filling gaps as if they were FCS linebackers. And so... That's what you sort of had, or at least that's what my eyes saw. And so uh, all that to be said, I still think it was a great experience. I think generally speaking, we got out pretty healthy, and I think we will be better for the experience. Yeah, and I think most people who watched the game, I think, would agree with you. And like you said, it's easy to look at, well, well they lost 45-3. to Must not have been a very competitive game. But obviously, if you watched, it was 17-3 to late into the third quarter, and there were you know, opportunities for UND to get on the scoreboard. And they did a great job, I thought, of limiting – a very explosive Washington offense to just two touchdowns and one of them given up because of a short field because of a fumble. Well, correct. So, so start there. And the other thing that, that is, again, my truth, and again, everyone can have their own truths in life, but this is my truth, is that 
you know, Washington even had to kind of trick it up a little bit to, to sort, to, a little bit anyways. And, and so they were going, um, oh, we like to go to side B sometimes. They went to side B a little bit, you know. Sometimes, I think they would have thought about maybe going straight side A and just getting it done. And, uh, you know, I think they had to do a few things. And so uh, that was interesting as well. So all that to be said, sure. I mean, the, the net net, the bottom line is, you know we're in this industry to to win football games. We we get it. Our 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 kids went there to to win a football game. But uh, um, you know now we just got to kind of um, take that experience and now fast forward it to uh, you know a, a program that has had a tremendous amount of success over certainly the last decade. Uh, you know they've been a, a perennial FCS power, and to play them on their home field is obviously going to be a challenge uh, this weekend. And uh, um, but you know I think our guys will be excited about it. It's one of those um, it's one of those kind of intersexual in, intersectional slash. Uh, interconference type games that are sort of um it, it, boy if you could ever find a way to be one point better it, it looks unbelievable at the end of the year and so uh, let's hope um you know we go down there and hopefully and when i say hope hope that the weather is okay for us because i know that they've uh, experienced uh, some some certainly some thunderstorms some delays i think they went into a delay this past weekend during their game and i know Stephen f austin had to cancel their game so so all that to be said can't control mother nature mother nature's been perfect in life right undefeated and perfect right. <laughs> tough to stop father time and mother nature is still unbeaten unbeaten mm-hmm. both of them uh, Sam Houston State located in Huntsville, Texas, which is a little bit north of Houston, so right on the Gulf Coast. And uh, obviously, you know, that's an area that has been hard hit at different times. This is a tough time of year typically for that part of the country. And so fingers crossed. It looks like a lot of thunderstorms coming this week. It's a night game, a 6 o'clock start, so we'll beat the heat. We might be a little bit wet. That would be yeah, – bring that, a raincoat. Don't you think? I mean, that's sort of – kind of how it works i mean you always get in that middle of the day and sometimes they get that you know that 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 heightened heat part of the day and uh that's when i think you've seen some delays so knock on wood hopefully it'll work out fine talking to some of the guys on the team after the game against washington you get the sense that they feel a little more confidence based on what their result even though the end result like i said was was a six touchdown game they felt like they played right you know toe to toe with one of the best teams in the country and now when you look at Sam Houston who's number four in the FCS and as you said a a perennial semi-finalist really in the FCS ranks I don't think there'll be any fear there won't be any sense of like well this is a big team I think the fact that the schedule set them up with Washington first Sam Houston's almost going to feel like oh great here's a team that now we should beat we're right on the level with these guys instead of maybe thinking ah here's a Here's a big team that we got to play That's with. Right. They just played the number nine team in the country. Yeah, no question. I, I think that does make a big difference. And uh, I, I think th- there is a level of confidence that you can glean from it. Now, a road game in Texas, and they do a great job there. So it, it will obviously be a challenge. But, you know, I think if we can continue to do the things we do, I, you know, physically up front, I thought we were, were, we were excellent. And so, uh, um, you know, we just got to find a way to go down there and, uh, you know, have some early success and then get, get into kind of one of those barn-burning games and uh, knock on wood, uh, hopefully we can come out with a victory. Yeah, Sam Houston State was a team that, again, made the FCS semifinals last season. Uh, defeated Prairie View A&M, a, a SWAC team, same conference as Mississippi Valley State, who UND beat in week one. 41-32 was a game that Prairie View was up midway through that first half. It was a back-and-forth game. Prairie View was a team to pick to finish third in the Western Division of the SWAC, so, out of five teams. So not necessarily a, a powerhouse, and that's a team that um, 
we had joked a little. Prairie View A and M back in the mid '90s had set a record for losses consecutive, like they the, did, the most they? losses yep. in a row. Um, I went to a school when I was elementary school called Prairie View Elementary. So we followed that story very closely when that was that was growing up. Like, oh, but when they find last year, and that was a team that finished six and five. The, so. the, no question. And, and you know, uh, each week is its own. Each week is its own, and you, you know, sometimes you think you learn something on on a certain week about the final score, and then all of a sudden it's 180 degrees different the next week. And so, so I think each game provides different uh, matchups, and uh, and sometimes for whatever reason, you know, Team A could beat B, B, C, and then C could beat A, and I, you just never know. So, you know, bottom line is got to go down there, and uh, you know, hopefully have a. Have a good night uh, protecting the football. You're right. The, the weather could be an, an issue to some degree. You know, we're going to have to monitor that to some level, but it's the same for both teams. So, you know, away we go. Um, one last question for you on this, then we'll move on to the rest of athletics. Sam Houston State runs a very high-powered spread offense. It's, you know, quick run and gun. Let's go put as many points up on the scoreboard as we can. Not too dissimilar from the program that you have been at for the last 11 years, Eastern Washington, a very high-powered offense. When you look at teams like that that do – Win, but by by, by score, win by scoring more points. That's obviously an obvious thing to say. But they rely on their offense to win games for them. Talk me through the pros and cons when you've got a program like that. Yeah, I, you know, I think what ends up happening is um, the the upside is certainly you can get up by a lot of points quick, right? I mean, you you you, you know, maybe you have separation right away, and it kind of puts the other uh, uh, team on their heels. The downside is sometimes the defense is put into a tough spot because they seem to be on the field a whole lot. And especially when you score and strike quick. And, you know, I, I saw it at Eastern quite a bit is that, you know, the defense would come off and maybe hold someone to a field goal and then two plays, 72 yards in a minute. You know, and all of a sudden the defense is back out on the field. And so it's, you know, I always, it's always interesting to me with, with football teams on how they marry their offenses with their defenses. And, you know, when you choose to be, you know, I guess go down that path high powered, you just know that your defense is going to probably be on the field a whole lot. So that can be challenging. And so uh, I think that's kind of the up and the down, but you know, I, I know this, there's different ways to skin the cat when it comes to every sport. And you can, uh, you know, I think as long as you're true to who you think you are, you have a shot. And I think, you know, in this particular region per se, I, I, I know when we were at Eastern, you know, we knew you were kind of always kind of going into like a big 10 type of, you know, environment, if you will, as far as teams, you know, that we're going to, you know, battle you big time up front. And so, uh, so those are the things that probably Sam's looking at right now that they know that there's, you know, we're going to go down there and it's going to be a physical game, no doubt about it. And, uh, um, but you know, if we can find a way to, to hurry, um, you know, them even more, I, even though they're going to try to hurry, but, but you want them to have split second uh, chances of, of opportunities as opposed to having a, a little bit longer to kind of then ch- pick and choose where they want to go. Yeah, it'll be a fun contrast of styles oh, coming big time. up this weekend. Big so, time. Saturday at 6 p.m., Huntsville, Texas, Sam Houston State, number four in the FCS. 
one and zero on the season. UND, of course, one and one now after the defeat at Washington. Big game certainly for both parties coming up. Looking forward to that one. Uh, speaking of 500 records and testing themselves this weekend, UND volleyball was down in Clemson in South Carolina. Took on three good opponents this past weekend. Went one and two over the weekend. Uh, another good test for Mark Pryor's team to start the season. I think so. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, you know uh, young players getting uh, their feet wet and against really difficult opponents. And uh, and we continue to challenge ourselves this week as well. So uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna head up to Jack. Jacksonville, where we play North Florida and Jacksonville, and then head to uh, uh, to Tampa to play in the USF Classic. And so, uh, but you're right, Alex. Uh, you know th- those are difficult contests. I think we'll pay dividends as well down the road when we're playing in the uh, in the Summit League. But you know, definitely he he's challenged this group at this stage of the game, and, and it's probably uh, again uh, something that. It, you know, it's it's difficult to go through for sure, but there's only one way to get experience, right? Is to go through go through the trials and tribulations. Uh, Mark Pryor tweeted a great quote from Osterwild the other day after this tournament wrapped up and said, "Experience is the hardest kind of teacher. It gives you the test first and the lesson afterward." And this was a weekend where they came out on Friday, got a got a five set win over Troy. That was. A really a, like a heart-stopping back and forth, really fun game that you know, they had to gut out their first five-set win of the season. And then they turn around the next day and have to play Alabama-Birmingham and then and then Clemson, the host. And uh, even though they'd beaten Clemson two years ago, just didn't work out on the day. But you, you, you take those lumps as you go, especially in road tournaments like this. Years like last year when they went on the road and just beat big team after big team, you know they just don't always happen. That can't be cut of the expectation. That's that's maybe the exception to the rule. And this is maybe we're seeing again, like you said, those young kids taking a little bit of time to gel and figure things out. But the talent certainly is there, and it's going to click. Yeah, and you know you're always in a uh, you know you're in a uh, um, you know different uh, environment, different gym for sure. And uh, you know when you're not. Uh, having the opportunity to have your home crowd behind you and uh um you know those are all going to be challenges but things i think that are going to help us as as we move forward but uh you know no question we we have definitely challenged ourselves yeah the deep south kind of a theme for this coming yeah week. Again, volleyball down there football going down there soccer going down back to louisiana and mississippi as well a couple of games coming up this week against scrambling state and alcorn state just the pull of the southeast apparently strong i guess early portion of september well and it's interesting because this week um and it's good for our staff although uh, you know a number of our staff members uh, certainly will be making the trip uh to sam houston but uh you know no home events this week but we lead into a a very very busy week next week so uh, uh so that that you know that Gives us a little bit of prep time, but on the same token, when you're on the road, um, it always is a little bit difficult, but you just have to juggle it. And, and you, you know what the schedule is ahead of time, right? So you, you know what's coming, but still, as you're going through it, uh, it's still a challenge. Yeah, talk me through from a, a student-athlete perspective, just for people that would like this lens. I mean, volleyball obviously has been been in South Carolina. Now they're going, they're playing games actually tonight. So when you listen to this, they'll already have played against North Florida. They'll, they'll they really won't get back to North Dakota for a while. It's a long trip. How do they balance that? Being on the road, being away from class for this long of a time at the beginning of a semester. Yeah, the the the, the fortunate part is, well. Huh. Well, I'll go back to the, the other side. We're talking about trying to get experience on the court. I think some of our younger student athletes are going to have to experience 
how to balance that on the road. And I think that's when you lean on the coaches and the upperclassmen. And, and they, you know, they're such good students that they, by nature, are, are pretty, um, pretty ridiculously organized and, and understand what's ahead of them. But that's when you lean on our academic services folks and, uh, you know, y- y- you make sure that you're communicating with the professors and they know they know what's transpiring. In this day and age, too, to some degree, you know, fortunately with technology, you have a chance to really, you know, keep up with what's, tra- you know, what's going on in your classes. But but our our students are really good on the road, too. I mean, they're, they're disciplined that they're, they're going to do their work as well. And, you know, in some ways you actually have some time to do it because you're going to have downtime on the road. And so, you know, you just have to use it wisely. And I know our coaches do a great job of making sure that they, they work that in when they're uh, on these long, long road trips. I'll be honest with you. I'd say that these types of things are going to help you later on in life. I mean, those are things that, you know, you're going to have to balance, figure out, you have to juggle when you, when you have a young family and you have a job and you have a profession and you're, you know, you're, you're balancing all of that. Um, I would, I would suggest to you, it probably doesn't get easier. <laughs> it probably gets more <laughs> difficult and you got to figure out how to do yeah. that. Yeah. And this, these are things that you can do. So all that to be said, they do a great job in the classroom. You know, for the last uh, 10 years, literally, um, the, the students, uh, our, our athletic department's at a 3.0 or greater, you know. And our, our, our mindset is always to, to have a cumulative 3.1 or better. And uh, um, that's kind of the standard that we, we want to, uh, you know, maintain. So, uh, so they'll, they'll do a good job. But it is challenging, though, when you miss classes. That's why when you're here, you had better not miss class. Yeah. Uh, important to be in the seats yeah, for yeah. sure go to class <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, one of the last note from around you in the athletics from this past week soccer uh, again a, a great result on wednesday against minnesota yep. three nothing katie Mahler scores a hat trick yep. first hat trick since 2010 i believe for the program 2010 2012 one of the two I was there. I should I should probably remember what the specifics were. But a great game for them. And then uh, a difficult one on Sunday. That's a team that's uh, UND coming off a nice win on Wednesday. Chris Logan gave the girls two days off because illness had been kind of going through. The team got about a pink eye at the end of last week. And so they kind of came back maybe at half strength and then lost to a very good Bemidji State team that's picked to be second in the NSIC and was unbeaten all of last year. A one nothing late goal for the Beavers to uh, give UND their first defeat of the season. But in any sport... It's difficult when you aren't feeling well. And in soccer especially, when yep. you've got to just run and run and run, it's. I think it even takes a bigger toll on you when you just don't feel quite right. Yeah, no, you know, uh, I I would guess, you know, Coach Logan would probably give, you know, no excuses for right, sure. Right, of course. You know, you just, you don't. I mean, hey, uh, every team is going to go through their, you know, peaks and valleys through the year. But, you know, when when, when teams do have health issues, that, that makes it really, really difficult. I often wonder how, a, you know, a Major League Baseball team does it through you know through that long period of being together and i would assume that sometimes you know illnesses will will take shape at some point but uh you know i i certainly you know i think we all can recall to some degree maybe everyone handled it differently when they played sports you know i think some folks when you felt not well some people for whatever reason maybe played better i don't know (laughs) but then others would really not and i mean i i I know well i probably didn't play well all the time anyways even when healthy but (laughs) but but at the end of the day never when i didn't feel well didn't play well and so that does uh it it is tough but you know bemidji was you know obviously came in uh unblemished and uh you know in in soccer you know yeah 
you, you you can you can definitely you know find yourself on on the short end of the stick if uh, if you for whatever reason you just can't find the back of the net and uh, and you know I think we'll be okay as we're moving forward but hopefully knock on wood we get uh, we get some health. Yeah, soccer now 4-1-1 one one on the season. Still a great start to the year. And as we mentioned, going down south again this weekend to play a couple teams from the SWAC before returning back home on September 21st to take on Portland. Well, we mentioned a lot of teams on the road this week. Everybody back home next week because it is a big week around the Athletics Department. Hall of Fame week coming up. For yeah, you know, I, you know, we'll talk a little bit more on the pod next week. We'll, we'll, we'll deeper dive on that and, and talk about some of the inductees and, and uh, you know, in a little bit uh, deeper. But just broadly speaking, big big huge week for uh, the university in general, right? When it's homecoming week and it happens to be potato bowl week as well. So so there's a lot of things going on. The Sioux Awards are on Thursday night and the Hall of Fame is on Friday night. So there's just a lot of activity going on. And, you know, I, I, I always kind of say this, I, I'm a and I'll say this, a big sucker for, for the Hall of Fame. I, I really am. I was fortunate enough uh, some 25 years ago to to start a Hall of Fame in my hometown in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was something that I thought was, was needed in, in the town. And it was funny. Um, and I guess maybe the compliment is many of the towns around Enfield started Hall of Fames as well, which, which was kind of cool. But I do believe this. I'll say it on Friday night. And, uh, you know, we are only as good as the people that came before us. And in the other piece is it truly, and, and this is going to sound a, a tad bit morbid here, but it's an obituary moment. It's going to be in your obituary at some point in time. Someone was a member of, you know, the UND Hall of Fame. And that's, it's special. It's a special deal. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, someone gets a microphone and gets to reflect that's a really cool deal. And so, you know, I know you can go there and, you know, sometimes it maybe can get longer or whatever, but I never, that never bothers me. I always go in and think, you know what, what an awesome moment for that individual and for that, you know, their family. So it's kind of cool. I think we got a taste of how special this is going to be even this past weekend. The Basketball Hall of Fame had their induction ceremony and we saw, you know, everybody from Jason Kidd and Ray Allen and more recent stars, you know, talking about their careers. But then a guy like Lefty Drizel, who I think is 87 years old, a longtime coach of Maryland, who had been kind of not waiting for this honor, but, you know, something that people thought he had deserved and he had to wait a long time to be inducted into this Hall of Fame. And you could see what it meant to him up on the podium. Uh, it's special. I mean, that's special mm. stuff. And well, Jerry Kramer getting in with the NFL oh, football sure. yeah, Hall same, of Fame. Same, same, thing. same sort of deal. And, you know, uh, having been in the Inland Northwest for, you know, uh, uh, over a decade, Jerry Kramer w went to the University of Idaho and then obviously went to, you know, play in uh, Green Bay Packers and Vince Lombardi's team. And um, and it just was odd to me, just, just generally speaking about the NFL, it seemed like he would have been a logical Hall of Famer at some point in time. And that just, you know, sometimes that just happens. But I think, you know, that was just an incredibly special moment. And it's kind of a, it's a capper. To, to sometimes, you know, your your career for sure, but sometimes it's a life memory that, that you get to go back and just, you know, recount and, and thank people uh, along the way because let's face it, no matter if you're going to make a Hall of Fame, it, you didn't do it alone. Right, for sure. Yeah, well, that'll be something to look forward to next Friday night coming up, Hall of Fame. As you said, Hall of Fame, Homecoming, and Potato Bowl all rolled into one next week 
Is there, as you can, obviously it's first thing Monday morning, but is there already kind of a sense, obviously this is something that's been looming on the calendar for a while for the athletics department. Is there a little sense of like, all right, this is going to be a huge week for us. We've got to make sure our ducks are in a row. Or is there kind of, not, not a sense of foreboding, but a sense of excitement, anticipation around this about what's, what's to come? You know, I, 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 here's what I'll say about our staff. And look, I, I, I've, I haven't been here that long, but I, I can tell you this. I, I can get the same feel that the other staffs we've been on. It's kind of what we do. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we get too high or too low. I'll be honest with you. I just it is what it is. You just you know you know what's coming, and you just you just um, you know stay organized with it, and you go from the you know one thing to the next, and you just systematically just knock things out. And uh, you know I think you know there's times when uh, you know we're going to have home hockey weekends with home basketball weekends with potentially volleyball thrown in there. And so, you know, none of this really is all that, um, I guess, overwhelming. It just, uh, it's a lot though. It's a lot. And, you know, and so that's when I think this office needs to stay out of the way. Last night, Bill, you got back on campus, got a chance to chat with the student athletic advisory committee. Talk me through kind of that that group and how how important that is to the university and what the message was last night. Yeah, you know you. um, So every every school in the country has representatives from each of the programs, and then it's put together and it's called the Student Athlete Advisory Committee or SAC as we know it. So sometimes you'll hear us refer to SAC, and. Many times that group can do a couple different things. I think each campus, what we really end up doing ultimately is ask them what they really want to work on throughout the year. And a lot of times it's, it's surrounding right around community service or, or, or initiatives that, that they want to take on. But it's a leadership role for, for these uh, student athletes. And it's incredibly important where it's been beneficial for, I guess, me and or our administrative staff is to, is for them to be a sounding board too. Bill, moving on now from UND things to things that affect UND on, on, the, on the football side of things, kind of the wrap of the FCS this weekend. A couple of big games in the Big Sky, even though, of course, UND is not in that conference anymore, still playing a Big Sky schedule. Uh, technically, these teams were not playing a Big Sky conference game either, even though they were playing each other. Eastern Washington, a big 31-26 win over Northern Arizona, a battle of top 15 teams. Uh Talk us through how this happens, because this happened also with um, Weber State and Cal Poly, two teams playing each other, Big Sky opponents, but these games don't count in the Big Sky Conference standings. Yeah, when when the Big Sky Conference just started to grow, when the addition of uh, Cal Poly and UC Davis occurred, you know, back when all of the realignment was occurring, and obviously there was a there was a move to stabilize the Big Sky Conference. Uh, because there had been discussions at that point in time, the WAC was still playing football at that uh, point in time, and and they were uh, making overtures to, to some some institutions about potentially joining the WAC, and so you know, all of that occurred. But what happened was y- you lost the fact that you were going to play everybody in the conference, and it was all going to be a conference game. And so then then couple it with how many schools are really west of the Rockies that play FCS football. Well. Now, every program west of the Rockies is in the Big Sky Conference, except for the University of San Diego. And so, um, you know, that's always the tricky part for the Big Sky now, too. They're, in a sense, their own region. 
And so every year, you know, if you're going to stick to regionalization and playoffs, really what's going to happen is you're, you're playing off among big sky schools. And so, you know, I go in a different direction there to some degree, but you know, that's disappointing on the back end a little bit. And then on the front end, you know, you, you need games. And so if you're not playing someone, you just start to say, Hey, look, we're used to coming to you anyways. And back and forth, it makes it a logical home and home, but it makes it confusing too. What I think makes it more confusing is someone like USC and Stanford were playing. So early in the year, they're, they're playing literally a conference game. So why wouldn't you think that yeah. these two are in the conference? It's got to be a conference game. Yeah. yeah, and so it makes it difficult for sure. But um, in the FCS, when you have 24 teams and there's 14 at-larges, you're looking to get uh, you know quality FCS games so that it gives you a chance you know down the road, and that's what transpires with these uh, schools. Yeah, you do what you got to do to fill out the schedule. Yeah, and, yeah, no question. And you would much rather play someone that's in your conference and have it not count against the conference schedule than play a D two school or play you know a, a, another school that is a non scholarship school if you have to do that. I mean, that's this is a better option for you, it's, even if it ends up giving yeah. maybe maybe some confusion as the season. It's a goes way on. better option. It really is. It just uh, makes it. it it does make it a little bit confusing, but I guess to confuse things even more though, you know, as we play big sky opponents, it's going to count for the big sky schools, but obviously not for UNT. So we'll just throw that wrinkle in there too, for two years. And so that makes it uh, kind of interesting as well. Uh, good times, good times around sure. FCS football. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, a fun week to wrap up and it's fun with the football's back and football really came back in a big way with the NFL starting this weekend. Um, we could flip to, want to flip to the B side yeah, let's right go. now and let's talk go. about that. Yep. Um, Steelers 21, Browns 21, <laughs> as, Bill, as Bill chokes on his Coke Zero. Um, you said last week, this was one of those games, I think you said this is a this is a don't watch kind of game or a game that I'm okay because if I'm watching and, and they're not doing well, I'm going to be upset. Your thoughts on what happened this weekend? So, so here's... <laughs> so it's just funny. Um, yeah, I... torrential rain there so i you know we talked about the potential of weather in at sam houston like if you're going to turn the ball over six times and you're going to have over 100 yards and penalties and you come away with a tie and you still have a zero in the loss column yeah that's a pretty big win I mean, it really is. Uh, you know, Look at Bill Chaves spinning it. Well, it's just tr- it's the truth. I, I'm just telling no, you, it's right. the truth. Right. And, and, you know, Cleveland, of all the chuckles and all that stuff, they're going to they're gonna win some games this year. They their, their roster just has, you know, talented players on it. So they're, they're going to win some games, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, you go on the road in the NFL, stuff happens. And week one's always interesting, too. There's always a surprise or two on week one. And then somehow things sort of settle in. And I was listening to uh, Colin Coward the other day, and he always he 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 he, he sticks to this with uh, with Bill Belichick is kind of it seems like the Patriots always kind of are oh experimenting in September and they might lose a game or two and so uh, you know if you can kind of get things rolling uh, you know it's a week by week proposition and uh, who knows but yeah that was a weird one I mean a ties are weird you know it, weird. you're gonna you won't know what it means until after game 16 because if you're sitting there what at 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 what 11 4 and 1 you know you know if the ravens are 12 and 4 you're sad if they're 11 and 5 you're, you're happy. happy 
So, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what it all means right now. So, I just know this. There's a zero next to the other uh, loss just column. Keeping it positive That's with, it. with your Pittsburgh That's Steelers. Zero on the win column, too, but yeah. zero on the loss column. Um, what was the best thing? Obviously, you were a busy man yesterday. What was the best thing you saw, though, from NFL Week 1? Yeah, you know, and so, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I think the fact that it's back, right? I mean, I, I, I love the NFL. I you know, I worry about a lot of things with, with um, you know, the NFL and a lot of the rhetoric that's gone on over the last couple of years. But it's it's always good when the games are back because uh, – and then you worry, you know, about obviously, you know, the, the rule implementations and what's happening. It's kind of interesting. I, I know the one where um, now, you know, full weight onto the quarterback is sort of a, a penalty as well. And so that will be interesting to kind of um, go down that path. But uh, um, it's almost like you're kind of almost relearning a little bit on how to play the game. Um, and, you know, the athletes are so amazing and it's, you know, they're just <laughs> physically, you know, gifted and it's just incredible. I, I'm always amazed how fast the defenses are. I mean, you talk about closing, right? I mean, we, we talked about the, you know, Washington's defense, how fast they can close. Then it's a whole nother level. It, it's crazy. How about yourself? What, what, what were your thoughts? Big win for the Patriots. Yeah, big win for the Bats. Yeah, I think uh, we had spoke last week on the pod. Like, I was a little nervous about that game. And Houston is a is a good, young, exciting team. And New England really kind of had their way for the most part. It was 27-20 was the final score. But there was a late Houston touchdown that made it a little bit closer. Um, so that always feels good. Because like you said... New England typically does experiment in these early weeks. Julian Edelman's still suspended for the first four games of the season, so the receiving core was kind of a bunch of no. Philip Dorsett was there, other than Gronk, was their leading receiver yesterday. So pleasant, pleasant to see some guys that you aren't typically accustomed to stepping up have a good game and. I think that bodes well for the Patriots season this year. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you know, sometimes the schedule's your friend, and uh, you know, I think certain teams are, uh, you know, I guess have a better home field advantage than others. And if you were to say, I'd rather play them at home versus on the road, I think Houston's kind of one of those teams. A little bit, I would say I, so. You know, yeah. I think they fall in that category a little bit. So you kind of got them at home. Uh, first game with with quarterback that was hurt last year that had a little, I think, a little bit of rust to him a little bit. That felt like yesterday with Deshaun Watson. He's going to get he's gonna get better, at, at, you know, back as he gets back into it. I, he probably didn't play much in the in the. Uh, um, Preseason. Uh, preseason would be my guess. So, but anyways, no, I, you know, um, who knows? It's a long season, but uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, you just couldn't make it up, right? I mean, it, it, in the in a weird way, in you know, if you feel for the Cleveland fans, it almost in a tie felt like a loss in a weird way because they probably could have got that one done, you would think. But uh, you know, it, as as we like to say in, in uh, EPL terms or, or soccer terms, it was probably a fair result. <laughs> It probably was a fair result. At the end of the day. Yep, it probably was. Go. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the best thing, if you say the best thing that I saw from yesterday was the Red Sox walking off last night. A really big win for them over Houston. Even though, again, they're eight and a half up on the Yankees. They've, they've got 98 wins. It's just one of those things. They had lost the first two games in that series against the Astros. Bills, David looks Bills at laughing. Alex like he got 98 wins, yeah, you, you know, know, and it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a big game. It's a big win. <laughs> yep. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's one of those things going into the postseason because we're getting close. I mean, October is now just a couple of weeks away. If you get swept by maybe the team that is the biggest challenge, obviously the defending World Series champions, biggest challenger probably to you in, in the AL, you know, getting swept at home wouldn't feel great. But being able to walk off, Mitch Moreland's coming through in the bottom of the ninth inning, that kind of boosts a team that every once in a while maybe just needs a little jump start. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been able to rest price and sale, uh, you know, and obviously you don't want to get, a, you know, one of your pitchers have a line drive hit hit his wrist, but, uh, you know, but I think he's going to be fine and it gives them a chance to, you know, bring them back. I think, I think sales pitching this week on a pitch count. So I think we'll see what ends up happening there. But yeah, I mean, Red Sox fans are, are, are pretty funny. Um, you're saying that, you know, as they, they get their 98th win, I, I recall when I was at Northeastern at one point and, and I, I'll give you two things and I, I want to talk about something else as well but um i would drive um lived in attleboro kind of near rhode island and so uh, that was a kind of a long trek or whatever and i can recall it was like early may and one of the callers to to eei at that point in time was uh you know saying how if the red sox don't win tonight the season's over <laughs> you know it's like may yeah, it's yeah, may yeah. you know and i mean that that's kind of the passion you have but now i will say this that the, the one time uh uh, you know, back uh, it, now it's going to be um, 17 years ago. Uh, you know, 9/11s uh, tomorrow as we're as we're um, uh, recording this today. But it was kind of eerie being at Northeastern in Boston. You know, when that actually occurred, it, it just was uh, again a day you'll never forget ever. And it just uh, I can remember driving back um, and just plane circling because obviously you know the plane emanated from from boston from logan yeah and so it just was um just a surreal day and literally life you know as we knew it changed that day i mean that you know there's a there that's just what it what it is and so uh you know thoughts and prayers with all those families that were affected that day obviously there's been a lot of you know tragedies you know since then and prior to then but but obviously tomorrow's uh the actual day so uh you know it's just a very very sad uh very, very sad day. Yeah, a very impactful day for our country. And yeah, still one that leaves scars. And, and those scars will probably never heal. That was a, a difficult day to go through for us. Yeah, did you, have, you, have, you been to the, uh, have you been to the 9-11 memorial? I have not. I've not gotten out there. But that's something. I know the hockey team was there two years ago when they went out to play Boston College. Yeah. And that was such an emotional, emotional day to tour that site. Yeah, I it, you know we went back a couple uh, a couple summers ago as we go back and visit family in Connecticut. Shot down to New York and, and did a few things, but we did do that. And uh, I they've done a you know a, a tremendous job. It just uh, it's just you know, hard, just hard. I've got they've got one of the fire trucks in there. I mean, it just if you've seen that, uh, it just. It's unbelievable. It really is, and it's just amazing that it's a uh, wow. It, it time time moves. Almost it, it feels, two decades ago. Yeah, almost, it yeah. feels it feels like literally yesterday, and uh, that's what ends up happening in life, right? And then time just goes. One of the great things I think that came from that time, and obviously there you know there have been some some bad things because of that as well. But when you look at how sports sort of helped heal the country a little bit in those moments, and when the, the World Series taking place so close after, and I just remember those images of the Yankees playing the Diamondbacks in 2011, and or, and and sorry, 2001 after 9/11, and you know George W. Bush throwing out the first pitch, and like just kind of that sense of resilience and the fact that you know these these people, this this act of terror wasn't going to stop. America from being America, yeah, and I think I think sports played a big role in that. Yeah, you know, it was a, uh, it was one of those obviously weekends where you didn't want to you know play immediately thereafter. Right, of course, but yeah, of course. but uh, but 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 you're right. I mean, I think that's what sport does have the ability to do. It, it you know, it brings folks together, and that's uh, you know what the platform is that that we have here. You know, it it unites people, it binds people, uh, and uh, you know, regardless whether or not um 
you know, uh, it, you know, you you can come from ev- any background in life, and we can all root for the same team. You know, we we can all be Fighting Hawks. We can all be whomever you want to be. We can all be Red Sox fans. We can all be, you know, Tottenham fans. And so, at the end of the day, um, it, it, but but at the end of the day, it, it's just amazing what sport can do. And so, and that's the reason why I again, why did why was the Olympics born? You know, if you go back to, you know, why was that? Well, obviously. I mean, why, why did the Ivy Leagues start football and in, in athletics to, for, for really the holistic, rounded human, if you will, yeah. but it also connects people to the yeah. institution? Unification. You're trying yep. to have that connection with your fellow man rooting for the same thing, cheering for the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned, and we'll leave you with this last thing you said, you know, all of us can be Spurs fans. All of us are not Spurs fans in this room right now. And, and your favorite team in the EPL Tottenham is playing Liverpool. My favorite team coming up on Saturday morning at 6:30 a.m. Excited. We're watching it down in Huntsville, Texas. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, we should. We we we've joked about this. We should probably have a fun. Little, yeah, little, little yeah. Leisure. we have to be there, careful, there should, there right? The NCAA, I mean, we have to be make sure so that Kara Helmick doesn't come in here and is the fourth person <laughs> in here. So we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's something that we could probably work out. I mean, that would be my guess. I, I would suggest to you that we'll do a pod next week. And somewhere along the line, I know I have a, a Spurs, let's just say a Spurs um, alternate colored hat that they've had and and i think that that might be something that would look good on you for the pod next week when the spurs get it done <laughs> and i have a very bright bold red liverpool jacket that is very you know comfy and cozy and i think looks very sharp and i think would look good on you next week for the okay, podcast so, maybe, so with the, maybe with the scarf wrapped around depending on the I'm level open, of victory i'm open to what it needs to be <laughs> i am not i'm not planning on wearing it i mean that's not the plan <laughs> how about this the margin of victory for either side that's how many different pieces of apparel the other person has to wear for next week so if it's a if it's a three nil for someone then there needs to be the hat and the scarf and the <laughs> I jersey i might have to go buy some stuff i mean i've got some we'll, stuff we'll print out like a mauricio pochettino patch or something yeah, like but that. But I do have People a scarf have to too. There we, you go. We, my, my, my son's got the scarf. And so, <laughs> I, although he's got some stuff too, he's got a Deli Alley thing. So he's, we, we can figure that one out. Sounds good. Well, we'll look forward to that. There'll be a little photo op next week, one way or the other after this contest. Well, I can only imagine we're going to be watching that match together. I would imagine so. I can't imagine why we wouldn't be. We're going to have to figure out how to get that done. I mean, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 I'm not sure. Uh, who knows what they do in Huntsville, so to speak, when it comes to soccer or, or Houston. I think we're about 40 minutes from where sure. we're where we're staying we'll find a way next yes. saturday morning at yes. 6 30 now the only thing we have to think about though is because i'm a Steeler fan and we tend to not win or lose what happens if it's a tie we'll call it a- <laughs> we may we may have to push it to when they actually go to your yard <laughs> there you go that's a, that's the great thing they're going to play each other twice so that's we'll be, yeah we'll push it we'll push it we'll push it, it. we'll see how it but hopefully there's hopefully there's a result that would be the thought. Although I saw where and the last thing you can you can school me on this one is so these matches that were played like England lost to Spain. Mm-hmm. Did that mean something? So in Europe, you know, we, we had joked about this. So again, international break, which isn't really a break because all these guys go play for their country. In most parts of the world, those games are just friendlies. Again, the U.S. got beat 2 nothing to Brazil on Friday night. Doesn't mean a thing. Just just a good a chance to see some new guys out there and, and get some time in the national team shirt and figure out how to play each other. In Europe now, though, UEFA has established what's called the Nations League to make these friendlies mean something. And it, it doesn't mean 
a ton, but it sort of factors into uh, European qualification and some different stuff that goes along with this. So the fact that England got beat um, sort of does give then uh, Spain a little bit of a leg up in this tournament. So you sort of play kind of teams that are sort of in your same ilk, Germany, France, Spain, England, are all kind of in the same group. Yep. They'll all play each other in these friendly matches, and you sort of can earn yourself a ticket into the Euros in two years through these friendly competitions. Interesting. Because it had kind of gotten to the point where people stopped caring about these these matches that didn't mean anything. Right. And coaches wouldn't play their best guys because they, they didn't. They didn't have any meaning. And so UEFA trying to change that and make these games matter. Okay. Okay. But the only downside to this is that a team like the U.S. now won't really have an opportunity to play a team like Germany or France or Spain so, or Holland. Because once you're not in that group, you're not in that group. You're not in that group. And, and because it is just European nations. So they've sort of in themselves then against playing these friendlies against teams from South America, Africa, Asia, for, for the most part, at least during this Nations League thing. So it's an experiment. We'll see if it works or not. But yeah, so those games, England's game did matter. The U.S. game did not. It's just like the big sky, non-conference, conference. You never know week to week of what's going on. But I guess if you play it and you do have your guys out there, I guess you want to win it. You want right? to win it. Exactly. I guess. I, sure. I guess that's it. Well, that'll be that will um, that will be exciting on Saturday morning. I'm looking forward to that. Very much so. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. (laughs) You're going to look good good red, good in red. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, on that note, I think it's a good time to sign off, as always, for Head of Athletics, Bill Chaves, for our producer, David Folsky. I'm Alex Seinert. We'll talk to you next time.